Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Strickland Mail.Bag Patreon edition. I'm Drew. My buddy and colleague Dallas is still not here. He is busy fighting the good fight for his fellow graduate student union out in California. He does not have the bandwidth right now to unfortunately join us. But however, he is fighting the good fight and we all support you. Dallas on this. So I am again going to go solo on this podcast. I hope you liked the last episode that I did by myself. So I'm giving it another shot. See if this is still something I enjoy doing on my own. And if something you also enjoy, if you don't, please let me know so I can always ensure that I have another guest to, to appear more or less. So I am going to answer all of your mailbag questions that came in through the Strickland Discord. If you are not aware of what the Strickland Discord is or anything or even Patreon or anything like that, because I know this is a free preview, so a lot of people may be coming into this blind. I, If this is your first episode of pod strickland for the next god bless you because i don't i don't know if i would start here but just in case you you know you're not you are new to this if you go to the strict dot land you will be able to go click and access our patreon if you want to go with the another way you can go to patreon.com backslash the strickland and you'll be able to see all our different tiers and we have you know, anything from $6, $9, $3, $50, $1,000. We have all different types of tiers. And if you want to hear the full version of this podcast, or if you want to hear my fellow colleague Schwinn do podcasts, as well as such as the Strick and Roll, or access the Friday edition of Pod Strickland. If you want to read great Patreon-only articles by Jack Huntley or Professor Matthew Miranda, that's where you'll get the access, and you'll also get access to our Discord, which we'll, we have a wonderful co- time talking sports and so many other different things and being able to expand on our thoughts on like uh, you know different social media platforms such as Twitter, even Reddit sometimes, or Facebook. We're able to kind of dive into everything. It's a great place for discussing basketball we always try to make it as welcoming as possible so please check that out 
if you want to get any more information on uh, anything in the Patreon related. So I'm going to answer your questions. Now, last time I started from the most recent to the earliest, I'm going to start from the most earliest and work my way down to the most recent of questions. So let's check it out. Our first question is from Villanex. They ask, is this like last year except it's better because some lessons have been learned and improvements and improvement steps have been made or worse because it's just like last year. So this was asked on the 30th, which was November 30th, which was definitely before the Dallas Mavericks debacle and to some people, you can also say the Cleveland Cavaliers debacle of this past uh, weekend, which was in the early, very much early December. And I do think that there are parallels to last year, to this year, and you can even trace it back to the first year under Thibodeau and Leon Rose. I know I wrote something on the Strickland about this. You should definitely check out that article if you can, you know, share it wherever you can, all that sort of stuff. And I do think there's a pattern that goes on with this team where there's certain players that are not held accountable versus certain players that are held accountable and the same mistakes continue to repeat. And because the same mistakes continue to repeat, we're seeing very similar outcomes repeat. And I don't necessarily think this year would be better than, let's say, last season, because at least for last season, the Knicks went into it as, let's see if Randall's All-NBA is actually true. Let's see if R.J. Barrett's three-point shooting is real. Let's see what we have in to rep to either replicate or improve. And you saw that with the signings, you know, taking the risk on Kemba Walker and signing Evan Fournier. You wanted someone who, at the two-guard spot, instead of Reggie Bullock, who can do more with the ball in his hands as and also being very good off the ball. If Kemba was not injured and washed with his knee, he would have added a amazing dynamic to uh, the point guard spot that Alfred Prayton did not provide whatsoever. This year, the Knicks were able to get rid of Kemba Walker and be able to sign Jalen Brunson, but they also got rid of Alec Burke, who is a really, really good role player off the bench, but they made him become bench uh, the starting point guard. So, and then right now we have Evan Fournier out of the rotation, who was just a recent uh, signee. We're probably, we may have Derek Rose out of the rotation now with, instead of Deuce McBride. And Deuce McBride is going to fill in for him because Cam Reddish is apparently out of the rotation as well. And I, I, I guess each and every year there have been some levels of improvement with this team, but the overall direction and overall vibes of this team are the same and not actually better. They're not playing well and they have a better roster than this, you know, the past two years, even the one where they made a playoff team or where they were a playoff team. Jalen Brunson is a very, very good player. Emmanuel quickly has improved exponentially over these past, you know, two, two plus years now at this point. So this is a better team and they're performing worse. So it, I don't think it's necessarily better than last season because we all, so many people at least saw last year happening again, and 
the front office did not respond to it in any sort of way, and we'll see how they handle it moving forward, because something has to get done. Okay, the next question comes from Franklin Chubb, and they ask, if you were made GM of the Knicks and Schwinn head coach, how long would each of you last until Dolan fired you? How good do you think each of you would be in your roles? Be honest. <laughs> um, if I was the general manager or president of basketball operator, or basically the decision maker of the roster, and Schwinn was the head coach, we would be lucky to get a year in under Dolan. <laughs> because I don't know if... I know a lot of people, like I'm not really on Twitter or anything anymore, and I mainly say things in the Discord, but the people who are uh, patrons and do interact in the Discord, whether it's during games or not during games, is I don't care too much about like these aspects of like negotiations and trying to get the best value. Like That stuff doesn't appeal to me whatsoever, and that's something you really do need as a GM. Like For me, if I was the GM right now, I wouldn't care what the price would be to trade Randall. I would just find a deal to trade Randall. Like, that would be my end goal. For example, you can even do Derrick Rose. My goal would be to get rid of Derrick Rose, not to try to both acquire something of value while also trading out for Derrick Rose. So I don't think I have the business savvy, I would say, to execute being a general manager because there's so many intricacies of business and negotiation and dealing with the egos of people that I just couldn't care less for. And Schwinn as a coach, I, I don't think NBA players would appreciate uh, just being constantly yelled at by uh, by Schwinn. They already get that from uh, Tibbs, but I think Schwinn would at least understand, have a better sense of, you know, in-game adjustments compared to Tibbs. So he may last longer than me, but if I hired him as the GM, we would both be cut at the same time whenever I got fired. And that could be as easy as... as short as four months to a year, but I, d I don't think we get anything more than that. Our next question comes from James Cameron Reddish. Does it get better? Tibbs emoji in parentheses in terms of the Knicks. And I do think things are going to get better. They seem really dark and depressing right now, mainly because there is just absolutely no direction. Like, Tom Thibodeau is still here doing his same exact rotations, his same exact patterns, his same exact everything, and we're seeing worse and worse results as time progresses. We're seeing the same thing with, like, the front office just being so, like, f overtly cautious and not willing to potentially take a loss on a trade in order to do an overall improvement of the team. But the team is in good shape. They do have pretty good young players that seem intriguing, especially Emmanuel Quickly now, since he's shooting over 20% from two, and that's a huge thing for him, especially him is if his shot falls, because then you have just a dynamic inside-out player who's able to create gravity. I thought Emmanuel Quickly did a great job creating gravity in the, uh, the Celtics, not the Celtics game, the Cavaliers game. Uh, I mean, Quentin Grimes looks very much like a great 3 and D type player, and potentially even more, his passing looks very crisp. He did a as good as a job you can do on Luka Doncic in the uh, in the Mavs game, at least in the first half. So, like, they, they have guys, and RJ, who is definitely stinking it up, and a lot of people are down on him because it's his fourth year. He didn't really do anything to, 
you know, earn his extension, yet he got one. For him, we see him improve his free throw shooting, which is a really major thing, but you, you definitely want more from him because he is paid, he's the third pick. The bet, though, is for RJ is if the finishing does improve or you know, the shot starts to fall a little bit, it just opens his game so much more that it's worth rolling. Uh, I would say it's at least fine rolling the risk if they traded RJ for a star I mean I think I would understand it I wouldn't be way too upset or anything along those lines but he, he there is definitely a path where I can see RJ becoming better and that path does include would probably have to include trading Julius Randle trading Derek Rose and I know Evan Fournier is benched and not in the rotation even for Derek Rose right now it appears he's benched and out of rotation you still got to get those guys off the roster because of the money they're making and you want and you also need a wing like extra wing depth because outside of RJ it's Cam who is like that type of wing archetype body type of uh, physique and the Knicks don't have that and they other than those two and they may trade Cam Reddish so like they definitely are going to need some spot, and I do think it does ultimately get better. Like, the infrastructure is there for the team. They have young guys. Some of them are still on, like, rookie contracts. They're, they're going to be extension eligible. Uh, Cam Reddish is going to be extension eligible. Uh, I think he's, I think he technically is right now, but he is going to be a restricted free agent this offseason, so they can match his rights. I don't know what his market's going to be. Quickly and Obi Toppin are going to be entering their fourth year. You're going to have to make a decision on them, whether to re-sign them or trade them, but I do think there is a organization, like, it definitely can get better, and I think where the most frustrating part with this current season in this front office and coaching staff is, we know it can get better. They they do some smart things, but they overall just don't follow their own plans and their own philosophy, and it's really annoying to watch. It's just so annoying that they just keep making like self-inflicted mistakes and they just at this point need to no longer be with Tibbs like fire him you're much better off giving Johnny Bride a shot for the rest of the season and if you need to get a new coach the following offseason you can um what makes this really upsetting though is that the longer the front office specifically like Leon Rose waits to make these sort of decisions the worse it is going to get especially for their job security, if, if they want to be tied that much to Tom Thibodeau, because we all see it, like, Tibbs is not making it the long term, and it's, and we could say it's upsetting, or we could be happy, I, I do think that's the reality, he will be fired at some point, it's a matter of when, and this front office is just trying to push and push and kick this can down the road until a star comes through, and they missed their opportunity with Donovan Mitchell. I mean, like, I don't personally think he's like the greatest star or whatever, but they had an opportunity to get one. They decided not to. So they need to start picking a path at some point. Okay, next question. This comes from Villain X. Does RJ suck more or less than Randall? I would say this current... 25-ish games, I think we're at this point, 23, 24, 25 uh, things, they are, RJ's definitely has been playing worse than Randall. I do think Randall's offense has been relatively solid overall when 
Jalen Brunson's running the show, and he's making and Randall's making very quick decisions. I'm going to quickly pass out of the double team. I'm going to quickly attack the basket. I'm going to quickly set up and make these decisions like in an instant. That's when Randall's at his best, and he kind of he's been relatively doing that on offense for the most part. He's kind of been hijacking the offense lately since his. He had like a triple, he had like, you know, one of those like 13, 10, and 10 type of triple doubles where he barely shot. And now he's just getting as many shots as possible up. And it definitely does not look good for the Knicks offense. And that's a big problem. RJ, on the other hand, like, they're both pretty bad at defense. I would say Randall, eh, they're pretty even defensive impact wise. They're, they're both not hustling, they're both doing the same exact, they, they both have the same exact issues on defense, but Randall has been better on offense. So I would say RJ has been worse than Randall. That also doesn't mean you need to trade RJ or abandon him in any sort of way yet. I I really do think they need to see what RJ has without Randall. So you get a better idea of who he is. RJ has been pretty much slowly morphing into Randall, and he's at the point now where it's it's really close to him being Randall. You you saw it in the Cavaliers game. He kept getting calls for travels. He got really frustrated. He started pressing. He's taking terrible shots. He's complaining to the refs. These are very much Randall traits. He Randall's still doing that, and he did that a lot, a lot, a lot last year. So I do think RJ has been worse specifically in this season, but between the two, you would have to remove Randall and see what RJ looks like, not with him. Okay, next question comes from our beloved Jerry Garcia. Gun to your dick, what's RJ's future look like? All-star, mid-starter, bum. I would say right now, mid-starter is the most likely place he's going to end up. I do see where the all-star version of version of RJ can become like how that works it would be him like focusing so much more on hustling on defense grabbing rebounds and like taking the ball and pushing the pace in transition that that is ways to get his teammates and himself easy buckets and getting easier shots will more than likely lead to an all-star appearance Right now, it's not looking good. That's why I was like, like mid-starter. There is an argument for all-star if you're really buying into this is a fit issue with Randall and Tibbs and all these sort of things. You could definitely make the all-star argument that I would agree with, but I think I'm leaning towards the mid-starter. I don't think he's going to be a bum. That I don't think, so I'm going to go with mid-starter. Our next question comes from G Baked. Am I going to be allowed to listen to this one? G-Baked, I hope you are. Um, for folks who are not understanding the reference, our buddy here had issues accessing the Patreon mailbag uh, two weeks ago, and I hope he's able to access this one. Otherwise, I'm going to need to really dive in and figure this one out. So, yes, I hope so, G-Baked. Our next question comes from our beloved Jerry Garcia, another one from uh, from them. How dumb slash maggot is this emphasis on travel calls? Who is it for? Who wants more reasons for refs to fuck up the game? I am in complete 
agreement in terms of the assessment of like what it like it's just messing up the game and you saw that in the Cavaliers game I think it broke the season the season high record for there were 13 travels called and it's so ridiculous because they're specifically calling travels on the pivot foot shifting not the three steps driving into the lane or anything along those lines it's specifically the the catch and I'm going to either drive off the catch or I'm going to like something where there is foot action of that person leaving their spot to either attack or pass that's where they're calling the travel and I think it's it's so subjective and you're getting so and you're seeing that in the NBA with them calling travels on just like regular guys but they're not going to call travels on the stars you, you haven't seen like Luca did not get travel calls um Donovan Mitchell did I think only get one did get one traveling call but that wasn't the only time I don't think Garland got any traveling calls um or maybe he did I don't really remember but when you start doing a a point of emphasis which they which I believe Breen kept saying during the broadcast if that's the case there's a full a point of emphasis on calling travels you're making this very subjective and you're only going to lead to worse and worse officiating so i would like unless they're going to start calling it by the book every single time on every single player sure i guess like the players will have to adjust but like the current state that it's in right now whether it's uh, palming the ball double dribbles travels it's not being done across the board and that will cause problems so like they should either enforce it or not really enforce it like right now like it was bad during the Cavaliers game and there was no reason for it whatsoever and yes it's it's the league with this point of emphasis not enjoying it our next question comes from Franklin Chubb they ask us this following question but before we get to Franklin's question I have to let you guys in on a little secret about our favorite sponsor, Giraffe Kings. So, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Listen, we're a quarter of the way in, so like, get ready for this. And, and DraftKings Sportsbook is an official betting, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So new customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And that's a really good deal. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. That's, that's where you guys are start making the money is on those parlays. So go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is the way to go to bet on the NBA. The ad right now is telling me matchups, whatever (laughs) the over-under is for the Hawks-Knicks game that should should be playing the same day this podcast drops, I'm going to say take the over, whatever it is. I don't know what the over is, the value. Couldn't tell you. I don't really 
I don't gamble anymore because the thrill of winning is such an amazing drug that I need to stay away from. But that's actually probably not the best thing to add in the DraftKings read. So please gamble. I'm also going to gamble on this one too. I'm going to place the bet. So the call to action right now is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. That is TBPN as in Tim, Bernie, Patrick, uh, Nathan. There you go. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. And if you are a gambler, please contact your local 1-800-GAMBLER to handle these sort of issues. You do not want to continue chasing... If, if you have a problem chasing that that win high, you, this would be a good time to uh, to call them out, to call them. So 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, DraftKings, Moneyline, TBPN, make your bets, make that money, live your best life. Okay, now that the the ad is read, and we are now pretty much at the point, the halfway point of the podcast, let's get back into Franklin Chubb's question. If Tip stays the rest of the season, we trade IQ for a future first in a rotation, and the rotation stays roughly the same. Brunson. Grimes, R.J. Mandel, uh, R.J. Randall, Mitch Hartenstein, o- uh, Rose, and Obi Toppin, with 16 minutes playing time cap. So Obi basically like he's only playing 16 minutes is what Franklin's getting at. How do we fans survive the season? Why would the front office think this was a good idea? Do you think Leon Rose could be fine with that? I do think. Leon Rose is ultimately fine with all of this happening because we haven't seen a change. If the benching of Kemba Walker, and then if you want to say that wasn't enough to trigger, we should have known. That's, I mean, sure, it's early on. I, I would argue that, but we can even take it a little step further. Like entering this offseason, seeing the results of last year compared to that 2020-2021 season, it was fairly obvious that like that team was not coming back and they needed to make changes and the fact that they did not trade for donovan mitchell and re-signed rj barrett again doesn't matter if you think he deserves the contract or not doesn't matter if you think he's going to be a good player or not they did pay him that does show that they are committed to him they may not have drafted him but they do think he was good enough to pay that contract and to do it instead of doing an earn me you know an earn it type of contract they had to go in that youth direction but they didn't because i'm surmising it's not like i get a chance to talk to the front office at any sort of capacity but it does feel like they're just kicking the can for some disgruntled superstar and they missed out they decided not to trade for donovan mitchell perfectly fine but because of that you have to go young and they haven't and i would say they're fine with all of this until something happens now are we a little upset it's not happening earlier? I would say so, but we do need to see what happens. I, I do think he's ultimately fine with it because those are the actions that he's showing. And I'm only hoping that he's not actually fine with it and we are looking for changes. Franklin follows up that question with, if you can steal up to five players, maximum of two all-stars and the rest of role players, such non-all-stars caliber starters from around the NBA and make them the next new starting five, 
who would they be? Feel free to keep as many current Knicks as you possibly like. Oh, that's a really, really good question. I don't... I'm, if that's the case, you basically want, like, two guys who would pair up really well together for, like, two all-stars. You could argue, you know, maybe Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, who's already on the Knicks. You can maybe argue that if you just swapped out Luka for... Julius Randle, the team would be in a significantly better place. You could do even something along those lines. That's your starter and your role players right there. You just make that one type of adjustment. Like the, I'm not saying the Knicks are necessarily a one-star away from being good type of trade because you still need the younger players to develop. But they do need like a replacement for Randle would be very nice. Whether you let RJ do it for the rest of the season, that's probably not a bad idea, but go there I'm I would consider something like that I would kind of like keep the team and if you can just trade I I would love if they're able to get a center instead of Mitch that like a center that that is very much more like who's going to give you the defensive Mitch but provide some sort of offense like Hartenstein was supposed to be in theory the offensive center but he really hasn't been he Tibbs has basically put him in the role of in the Mitchell Robinson role so you're kind of wasting what makes him best, and then you're exasperating what makes him worse, which is his defense hasn't really been good. He does a solid job at, like, boxing out, but they never really stick. They're, he's not really securing the rebounds. Players are not really securing the rebounds when he's he's out there. So, like, that's really frustrating to, uh, to watch. But um, if I were to go, I would just say it should be Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, R.J. Barrett, Luka Doncic, Mitchell Robinson would be... I would do that and then kind of keep a similar vibe. So I'm just basically saying bring in Luka. That's that's where I would be after that. And then the final question is, who are your least favorite slash most hated NBA teams this season? I am always going to hate the Celtics. That is a constant in my life. It doesn't matter who is on the team, how the team is doing. They're always a constant. The Grizzlies have always annoyed me, mainly because John Morant gets away with so many different things, and the league is so ready to anoint him as like the second coming. So I'm very much ready to not, to like really dive into Grizzlies hate. But other than that, I'm not really like hating hating teams. I mean, I, I was not fond of the Cavaliers uh, losing to the Knicks on Sunday, but that's a whole different type of can of worms that we're not going to, we are not going to open at all on this mailbag. So it's it's the Celtics by a long shot, always and forever. Jake Andrews asked us a number of questions, so let's answer each one in order. So the first one is, which recently canceled series would you revive with a new creative team? Raised by Wolves, Westworld, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. So, I stopped watching The Walking Dead a very, very long time ago. So, I have no idea how it turned out. If it turned out good, turned out bad. I think Rick Grimes was still in this season, or the series when I was watching it. Raised by Wolves, I watched a couple episodes. I did enjoy it. I did not watch enough of it to say whether or not it needed a new, you know, a new thing going on. 
Westworld. I heard the most recent season of Westworld was really good, but I, I never, I did not get a chance to watch it. I did watch all the other Westworlds, and it had, and it did progressively get worse. So that's a good option for it. I think I would go a little outside the box, where it's another series I didn't finish, but it got canceled immediately, which was Paper Girls, which is based off the Brian Vaughn comic series. And I think that probably deserved a little more, probably deserves like some sort of revive with a different creative team, because it's a really good story. It should be a fun series. And it unfortunately got um, canceled. I don't know if it got worse. As the, as the season went on, the beginning was kind of rough for me, but I would give Paper Girls another shot then. But between these choices, I would say Westworld, because I couldn't care less about The Walking Dead, and I don't have much perspective on Race by Wolves.